there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom and making sense out of medical propaganda. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, Robert Scott Bell. Happy Halloween. It's Advanced Medicine Monday. We continue to rock it on the Robert Scott Bell Show today. Join now by... He's not a scary doctor. He's a good guy. He's Rashid Batar. Dr. Batar, welcome back. Always good to be back, Robert. <laughs> you know, with the things that are scary, some of the stuff uh, we covered last hour, including uh, the, the I didn't, we didn't even talk about this off the air, Dr. Batar, but the CDC, one of the high-level scientists, executives at the CDC was just arrested on charges of child molestation and bestiality. Uh, Are you kidding me? I, no, I'm not. I'm like, who, who is this? This this woman. Uh, I'll have to look back at the name right now. It's not in front of me, but I'll pull it back up. But this is a, an amazing story of people that were were out there promoting, like for instance, the swine flu vaccine, mm-hmm. and uh, so many other things related to trying to tell people, uh, you know, what they can eat, what they shouldn't do, they should get their shot. And this uh, woman here it is, Doctor Kimberly Quinlan Lindsay, a top official with the CDC. Arrested and charged with two counts of child molestation and one count of bestiality. I mean, it, it is bizarre, but it's not, you know, if you read about hundreds, if not thousands of years of these strange cults, and they end up in these secret places, very often likely controlling people or trying to, because they're reflecting, and we, we, we come to this conclusion that they're reflecting some evil within themselves out to the whole world, and in that way they justify their authoritarian viewpoint of how they go about their thing. I mean, this is this is amazing. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. I couldn't have said that better. I mean, it's just amazing that I almost thought this was a joke, but I'm thinking this isn't April 1st. So this no, it's been- not. It's a wicked Halloween story, but where uh, fiction is not, in fact, stranger. The truth is stranger than the fiction or the facts are stranger than fiction here. Wow. So, you know, this is the kind of stuff that it is a Halloween 365 days out of the year when you work in at these government agencies or entities and, you know, block out any sense of common sense, kindness, human decency, where you can do these things. You know, they were the American government. What were they doing recently this last week? They were con- contemplating testing the anthrax vaccine on children just to see if it would work. Nothing experimental about that, is it? No, nothing at all. I mean, this is horrific stuff. This is the Halloween you know, story. And, of course, we've got more Halloween. On a lighter note, of course, the FDA, Dr. Batari, we love them. <laughs> they they have warned everybody against, oh, dangerous candies, right? We were, And I was thinking when I read this story at first that it would be about the colorings, the additives, the flavorings, the preservatives, and the refined sugars. But no, no, no. Guess what they're warning us against? Licorice. And I'm not talking about the artificial licorice. I mean, that was all with food coloring that I grew up on. I mean, the real stuff that's actually medicinal. That's the one thing they're going to tell us to warn us not to eat. And what's what's the warning? Uh, well, let's see. Let's pull up the licorice story here. Where is that hiding here on the here is it trick or treat? FDA warns about too much black licorice. What are they saying? Oh, if you eat, if you're over 40 and you eat two ounces of black licorice a day for at least two weeks, 
I don't know many people that do that. But if you do, they're concerned about arrhythmia, irregular heart rhythm. And that's basically it because of, what is this, uh, glycerizin? How do they say that? Yeah, uh, glycerin. Yeah, however they say. I mean, this is in naturally in the licorice root, and it's actually, as far as I know, licorice is an optimal adaptogenic herb as well. It does wonderful things for energy without hyperstimulating you. We're not telling you to overdose on it, but of all the things to warn against, all of that toxic candy they pick yeah, but you on. Know what's, what's funny is that all the sugar that people will take that'll also cause irregular. Yes, I mean it's. Uh, you know, just if anybody doesn't believe that sugar can cause it, just watch your kids. You know, you give them some sugar and see how hyper they're becoming. You know, mm-hmm. anytime you have increased um, sympathetic mimetic, the flight fight response, you know, yeah. kicks into overdrive, you can have arrhythmias. So I, don't I even remember get that. I remember uh, Dr. Russell Blaylock. You know, he wrote about excitotoxins. Yeah. And many of these additives and things and colorings all excitotoxic to kids, especially their nervous system, very sensitive on top of the refined sugars. This is our FDA at work warning us against natural licorice. This is interesting. He says black licorice can interfere with some medications, however, <laughs> such as heart drugs and yeah. birth control pills, as well as some herbs and uh, dietary supplements. So the FDA advises consumers to check with their doctor if they have concerns. Right. And their doctor is going to go, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> God, they don't know. The interesting thing is that the heart drugs and the birth control pills are not the ones that are attributed to having the problem. It's the licorice. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's always funny about that when they say, well, be careful with those herbs and supplements. They might counteract your drug. And I'm thinking, well, that might be the, the best thing to have happen. Stop that you know, drug. Go back to the supplements. But, of course, it's all upside down at, it, within the bureaucratic oligarchy. And, you know, and this brings me to another story here on Halloween. I've been covering this. I had Mike Adams on my Sunday show yesterday, the Health Ranger, and really stunning what we talked about, the freedom of the press, because we're really pushing the First Amendment for what I believe the founders had intended. Also to be watchdogs, to really call out those that are not doing right. And, you know, so many have been convinced that the only way that we can protect the public is to have a large federal bureaucracy to, you know, uh, review things, never mind that they're going to be bought off by the very entities that we're supposed to be protected from. And here's a case where Mike Adams, all of his integrity intact, finds this supplement that another of his friends are selling called Adja Clarity and does an expose on it revealing high levels of uh, iron that could be dangerous, high levels of aluminum, even uh, I think uh, barium is in there. And, you know, the FDA would have taken a year or two years, maybe a million, multi-million dollar sting operation to figure out what Mike Adams was able to do in 24 hours. Well, what's, what's most impressive to me is that from what I understand, and again, I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but from what I understand that the gentleman who was behind this particular product with this high level of toxins in it was actually somebody that Mike was closely involved well, with on a business key, relationship yeah. or one, friendship level. And, one of the key marketers, yeah. And uh, so it wasn't just like Mike exposing something. It was like Mike exposing somebody that was close to him. Yeah. And uh, from from what I understand, he gave him a chance to come clean, but the guy refused to. So that that shows that uh, you know he's got he's got a lot of uh, integrity, and that's one of the things that's lacking, obviously, in in media, in the traditional media. Which brings me back to this question about the CDC uh, official that was arrested for the child molestation and bestiality. Was that something that was covered in mainstream media? Yeah, in fact, that was in the Atlanta papers particularly, and it did did make the rounds. This was one of those ones that was so overwhelming that they could not ignore it. Mm. Uh, And so, yeah, that that did, did come out in that way. Uh, you know, but I, you know, I think about the First Amendment and the free press. I mean, the press, weren't they the ones supposed to dig for the dirt and uncover and bring the stories out? And that was like, you know, the, the real last bastion of how we would 
get information out. Now the media is bought and sold by these large multinational corps. And we come back to natural news and what we do here on the Robert Scott Bell Show with you, Dr. Batar. Look, it's easy to target the drug industry. I mean, they make it easy for us. It's not no big deal. But when you're confronted with supplements that are supposed to be, quote unquote, safe and natural and such, and then you got to look and reflect inwardly and say, hey, am I willing to point out the bad apples within our own so-called family, loosely knit family of the natural realm? And I think that's an important thing that would distinguish real media genuine First Amendment investigative journaling versus those that it becomes shills for whoever they can make money from. Without a doubt. In fact, you know, when you start looking at the natural health wellness industry and you look at the number of products that are out there that have the raw product ingredients, when you look at the raw product and you try to price the raw product ingredients, and as you know, Robert, I have my own lab and we make uh, certain things there was a there were a couple supplements that we were going to make ourselves because every batch that we tested of the products that we were buying from different companies the labels what they claimed what the, the amount that was in there was not in there it wasn't tested in fact this has been done in a number of studies and even in my book i mentioned the nine steps to keep the doctor where i mentioned a couple of studies that were done with um probiotics and uh various levels of the various species of probiotics that were supposed to be in these various products. And when they were tested, I believe only two of them actually showed some of the raw product that was supposed to be in there, some of the probiotics that were supposed to be in there. But the vast majority of them, all but two, actually had contaminants in there. Mm. And they didn't have near what they claimed. Only two of the products actually contained what they claimed to contain. But even even those two products didn't have the levels that they claimed. So... We were, it was a, I don't even remember exactly what it was. I think it, uh, it had something to do with, we had saw palmetto in there and there was a couple of other components. But we were looking at buying the product in, in raw bulk and then getting it capsulized and then selling it. And when you look at companies such as Walmart, for instance, and nothing against Walmart, but when you look at some of these products and what they're selling and then you see what the raw product component is and what what we could buy the raw product and I'm not talking about buying, you know, five hundred grams or a kilo or two. I'm talking about buying, you know, a hundred to hundred and fifty kilos at a time, but the best price you can get. The amount that we were paying for the raw product was more than what this company was selling the product in the capsule with the label in a bottle with the marketing. So how could you how could you take that raw product and then reduce the price and add the cost of labels and printing and bottling and et cetera, et cetera. And, ca- and that's not even including the cap, putting it in a capsule. Yeah. So it tells our- you a lot about the quality or la- lack thereof in what we call mass merchandised uh, supplements. Absolutely. And this is one of the problems that, you know, if you really look at it, probably the vitamin industry is perhaps the greatest bastardized industry in the United States. And in some ways, when the mainstream doctors say that, well, that's ludicrous and this is this is garbage, of course, what they're saying may be applicable to some of the lower quality stuff, which unfortunately, there's a lot of it out there. But there's a difference. You know, your transportation is not transportation. It's not transportation. In other words, a tricycle is not like a BMW. It's not like a Learjet. So you can't compare. You can't just categorize these things into the same category and say, well, they're, they're a supplement because the, the quality of it is, is, is a difference between black and white, night and mm-hmm. day. And... Unfortunately, I think that there is some truth to what the traditional viewpoint is that supplements 
Um, you know, there's nothing that's standardized. There's nothing, there's no quality in there. Um, but they're taking one little, it's like saying that the Jonestown massacre is representative of, um, Christianity. Okay. Hmm. It, it, it's absurd. It's an absurd statement. But the point is that many, many people do get caught up in this marketing scam and this, uh, elevation and, and maybe embellishment of the truth. And so we have to, it, right. it behooves us within the industry to police ourselves. And so what Mike's done mm-hmm. is indicative of something that I think has been needed within our own ranks for a long time. And, and we know that the quality type of products that are out there, I mean, you know, when certain companies are going to certain conferences and it's the same kind of companies that you see and they're doing good stuff, but then the vast majority of the stuff that's out there, it's just absolute garbage. I mean, you might as well just pick up some dirt and, and eat it. it mm. Actually, the dirt would probably be better because it's going to probably have some, you know, pleomorphic organisms and some actual some level of actual probiotics in there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, this is a a, a place or a, a crisis of faith or something that happens every time, uh, like your own family again in the theoretical sense of all right, we're in the natural products realm and have been there for a long time, and then you see one of your own, and I, I don't mean that literally, but you know what I'm saying abandoned principle you know and they had a you know a reputation that people really trusted and it's just disappointing to find but then again we realize as long as we inhabit uh you know this shell while we're on planet earth there's always the possibility that any of us could be corrupted so we always have to be vigilant and and determine what is really of value and importance and these people that have done this their reputation is soiled perhaps forever and that's something that, you know, being in media as long as I have, I, it's just not nothing that's worth it all. I've, I've had to turn it on lots of money over the years. I said, what was the, what was the point? You make a quick killing and then everybody says, well, we can't trust that guy. It doesn't seem to be a fair price for that ever. Well, my mom gave me a plaque when I was, uh, I remember when I was, I think, probably in eighth grade. And this plaque was had the name Buttar on it and then had this verbiage underneath. And it was very interesting because I still have it downstairs in my office. And essentially what the message was that you come into this world with one thing, and that's your name. And when you leave the world, that's the only thing that you leave behind. You know, it's uh, your children, sure, but your children are carrying your name. And so you must protect that name. And I think that that's exactly what you're saying, and I agree with that, that we have to protect (laughs) in this case not necessarily our name but our industry sure and police it ourselves yeah i agree i mean you don't want to have you know your gravestone saying here lies bonehead exactly (laughs) used to be somebody else no not here not now not ever not with dr batar in in the house so to speak on the robert scott bell show advanced medicine monday medical rewind every week here special halloween edition we're also going to be talking about how to uh, unload the aluminum that some of you if you had been uh, taking that product. Uh, we want to tell you how to um, accelerate that cleanse safely, as well as what if you've uh, consumed excess iron. So stay with us. we got lots more healing to do on The Robert Scott Bell Show with Dr. Rasha Bittar after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. Show. 
Remember, 866-939-BELL. If you ever have any questions or comments, it opens uh, the lines 24 hours, seven days a week, 866-939-2355. Dr. Bittar, we've got all his links up at the blog today, robertscottbell.com. You'll check out Dr. Bittar, D-R-B-U-T-T-A-R.com, as well as the nine steps to keep the doctor away, the medical rewind, so many cool stuff, cool things, uh, Dr. Bittar. I mean, people, we spend hours and hours and hours learning even beyond what we do each week here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Well, I'm glad that people are finding the information to be worthwhile and informative, and that's what the goal was, to give information and empower people with the knowledge that's necessary for them to regain their health and their own power. Yeah, and in in the case that those had consumed this product we were talking about, that Mike Adams did this reveal on, you know, two of the issues were the biggest issues. One was excessive iron consumption, another was the aluminum. But first and foremost, iron. I mean, it's not that difficult to, to bring this back down in line, but there are serious considerations for someone who, what they call it, hemochromatosis, if there's excess iron in the blood. Absolutely. In fact, you know, one thing that people need to remember that there are certain components. You've got metals and minerals essentially fall in the same category, but the essential minerals such as copper, selenium, iron, these are essential for life, but they're also, are, they're also considered to be a double-edged sword. In other words, if the levels are too high, they actually take on the same characteristics as the toxic heavy metals such as mercury, lead, etc. So you have to be very careful that you don't take excess levels of selenium, of copper, of iron. And we'll talk about iron here in a second, but Robert, do you remember one of those um, those crime shows i can't remember uh csi yeah all those csis where they do a lot of crime scene investigations they do a lot of blood work lab work that kind of thing exactly and there was uh, actually a very interesting one that i saw a couple of years ago and what was really impressive about it it was two women they basically both get together and they go into cahoots to kill each other's husbands and they both were doing it because they were going to inherit a lot of money once their spouses died and one of the women becomes the secretary for the other husband, and then there's another one has an affair, whatever the case is. But the one that became a secretary for the other husband, her mechanism of killing the other husband was by taking selenium. The guy raised cattle or something, was a farmer or a big rancher, and so she took uh, selenium that was used to supplement the cattle, and she would put a teaspoon of that selenium within his coffee every morning. Uh, As his secretary, she would make it, and then he would consume it, and he was slowly deteriorating and it was a slow method of dying. I think it took like nine months or something like that. But the point is that these essential minerals, because selenium, without taking selenium, you know, you're also going to die. In fact, selenium is considered to be a birth control pill for virus. Yes. And 200 micrograms of selenium in, in various studies have actually shown in a 19 years retrospective analysis that 200 micrograms of selenium actually will decrease the incidence of cancer by exponential amount. I believe it was like 1% of the people that were on 200 micrograms of selenium over a course of 20 years uh, developed cancer versus 19% of people that were not on um, 200 micrograms of selenium. So unfortunately, it's not one of the cases where the more is better in type of scenario when you talk about selenium or copper for that matter or iron. And so in this particular case, when we're talking about iron, for instance, one of the things that but you've got some suggestions from a natural standpoint. My sure. most natural wet method, um, 
you know, when we were talking about this off the air, you, you kind of said leeches, which which actually goes right along with what I'm saying, not necessarily leeches. No, I, you know, I was joking half-heartedly because, you know, when they always say about how bad medicine and leeches are brought up, but, there, you know, there's a medicinal viewpoint of, of, of course, bloodletting in this case. Absolutely. Specific Absolutely. to this issue. Then hemochromatosis, you should actually be used, uh, treated that way and still, and still can be treated that way. In fact, donating blood and is one of probably the best things that you can do. My mentor, Dr. William Hitt, when I asked him, and he was in his early 80s when I asked him, and this guy was incredibly astute and acute. I mean, his memory, his vision, his, you know, with the exception of his chronological age, you would never think that he was in his 80s. You would think he was more like in his 50s, his sense of humor, the way he drove a car. I mean, there was mm-hmm. nothing frail about this man. And I asked him, you know, what do you, what would you recommend? I mean, if somebody wants to be in half as good health as you, and I told him that I hope I'm half as healthy as you are when, when I'm in my 80s. Um, but he gave me his secret, um, which, by the way, I'll, uh, I have to say this on the side, Transty ended up being something that he started using mm-hmm. in the last four or five years of his life. And he told me, he said he thought it was incredible. But his, his basic things were, the three things were taurine, you know, supplement taurine, 500 milligrams every day. Yeah. Donating blood. He donated blood once a month, which is essentially bloodletting. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons he said that was because he said, you know, we get rid of our uh, iron levels, but we also get rid of all the old red blood cells. And most importantly, we stimulate new blood, red blood cell production. So when I see an RDW in a red blood cell uh, study, in a CBC, um, complete blood cell count, when the RDW level starts to trend up, that basically means that the body is now in a, in a state of producing new red blood cells and most of the time in, cl- in traditional medicine when we see that number going up that means that there's a bleed somebody is either having a chronic bleed or an acute bleed so there's a need for the body to start to reproduce more uh, new red blood cells or start to create new, new red blood cells but actually if you can stimulate that without bleeding obviously so you just donate blood there's a new cycle production of new red blood cells and so that's an, another important component so Dr. Hitt's advice was Toying 500 milligrams a day, donate blood once a month, and then the third thing was ozone therapy, uh, ozonating. Now, that doesn't mean you're inhaling ozone because it's highly toxic. He was talking about um, ozone autohemotherapy where you take out the blood, ozonate, and put it back into the body, and that's very significant to get rid of virus and bacteria and abnormal yeah. cells. We've and talked about that, yes, yeah, as, as one of your uh, most critical protocols for a lot of things with the people that are coming to see you. Yes, um, you know, yes, that's correct. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously, in an acute sense, that is a very – some of these are very simple methods to, let's say, restore balance in an acute crisis like that. Uh, I mentioned homeopathically the use of iron, ferrum phosphoricum. Ferrum phos is very commonly used. And, you know, a lot of times people are, are low in iron or don't utilize it properly. They can do that as well. So with homeopathy, it's always about restoration of stasis. Whether you're high or low, we can use the same remedy and get the results we need in conjunction with us or accelerate. Uh, so, you know, these are, the, these are uh, some very simple things. There are uh, nutrient blood building supplements as well. But in this case, we're talking about, you know, getting rid of some of this iron in a rapid way. But the other issue coming off of this IG Clarity that people are very concerned about now is excess consumption of aluminum. And, of mm-hmm. course, ooh, we, we know of uh, a lot of aluminum and brain scenarios that, that may be Alzheimer's related, but there's more to it than that. Absolutely. In fact, aluminum, fortunately, aluminum is one of those things that the body tends to get rid of much faster. And the, the tendency of the body to hold on to aluminum is less uh, than the body's tendency to hold on to certain other metals. So a lot of times when you see 
on a challenge test, aluminum levels high, you will see those resolve relatively quickly because the propensity of the system to eliminate it is quite intact. It, it doesn't seem to be as prone to um, impairment as far as the detoxification pathways being impaired that, that uh, work on removing aluminum as, say, looking at mercury, for instance. However, and I, I, this is applicable actually to not only aluminum but to even what we were just talking about with iron. Um, one of the things that you want to make sure that if you are concerned about that you may have high iron level or higher aluminum level is make sure that your normal consumption of these com- of items that you would normally consume that have levels of iron or aluminum, you know, reduce that at least during that interval, maybe the next two or three months, if you're concerned that you've gotten high exposure. For instance, where do you get aluminum? Well, you get aluminum from deodorants. That's a very significant um, way of introducing aluminum into the body. I don't use it and have not used deodorants for, for years. Um, I believe that actually the more detoxified you become, the cleaner you are. And so when you perspire, you don't have um, offensive odor. I I agree. I've seen that over the years from my uh, my years of being toxic to years of cleaning up. And the only time where I'll have any a significant odor is if I'm under extreme emotional stress, you know, and, no, I, and it changes. It changes your body chemistry. And, you know, that's one of the things that my wife has said and people have said to me before, too, you know, um, after working out and you're sweating, and they're, they're saying they've made the comment, you know, it's, you can tell you're sweating, but, you know, it, it, you don't have that smell. But the, the thing that smell is more to do with what's accumulated inside your body. And if you chelate normally and regularly and keep up with the, or I mean, at least in my case, I think that's one of the reasons because I'm cleaner. I'm not saying cleaner because I'm cleaner because I wash or anything more. I, <laughs> you know, that probably. Well, uh, after you're out cleaning the camels, you got to come in and clean up. Come on. Well, exactly. And, and, <laughs> and even though, despite the fact that the host of the show tries to encourage you not to do so so we could you know get get on the air faster right so yes <laughs> it, it, but but the thing is that you know consuming what, what are we talking about when we talk about iron consuming um to make sure that we consume less iron well red meat for instance has higher levels of iron so you may not want to eat red meat for a month um or mm-hmm. two or maybe you know reduce the amount by half whatever you normally eat um so I'm just pointing those two things out just sure. as a side note. There's many other things that contain aluminum and iron that we consume on a regular basis, but that may also be abstination may be the answer as well to add on to this. And then, of course, there's then the medical aspect. Uh, iron, defuroxamine is probably one of the most effective ways of getting rid of uh, iron. Uh, I would clinically use EDTA, which gets iron and gets aluminum and um, – so well, we're talking about intravenous or oral chelation, or both in this case. Well, the problem is that EDTA is only absorbed approximately five percent through the gastrointestinal tract, right. Robert. Right. So you know, oral chelation is a great concept. Unfortunately, it's doesn't do much. But I guess in this case, would it be better to have five percent absorption versus none? Sure. Yes, yeah, it probably yeah. would be. So you know, to take some oral EDTA may not be a bad idea. I. Don't use anything oral um, when it comes to a chelator. Um, I would use a transdermal mm-hmm. or I would use the intravenous. Um, the rectal form uh, format, unfortunately, there have been some studies which I have actually not only reviewed myself but have observed uh, some, some similar results in clinical practice. When you put a suppository in with a chelator, it sits at the rectal muco- on that particular rectal mucosa okay. for a sustained period of time, and you end up getting leukoplastic and dysplastic changes where the tissue that where the suppository is sitting will leach out the minerals more so from the local tissue. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that and could be all problematic. All leukoplastic yeah. dysplastic changes, and people have actually complained of you know pain and discomfort. And those leukoplastic dysplastic changes are precancerous. And in in the rat study that they did, they, that's exactly what they found. And so I have never recommended the suppositories. And I've had three or four patients that wanted to try it, and I said, "Go right ahead. You don't need a prescription." And you know, you know, let me know how it works out for you. And none of them continued on it for more than a few months. Yeah. And, of course, when we talk with chelating agents uh, from the uh, plant kingdom, uh, you know, we come back with foods high in selenium. We've talked in some cases about uh, cilantro, spirulina, sea vegetation, seaweed. And, again, all of these minerals serve as binding agents as well. So we're not ignoring the food intake as far as that goes. But here we're talking about aggressive needs to counteract environmental or other exposures that go above ordinary kind of needs. Absolutely. I, I would like to mention something you said about cilantro. Cilantro sure. is one of my favorite uh, herbs. I love the taste of cilantro. I think it's fantastic. Um, the one thing that you want to be careful about when you're taking cilantro for chelating metals, since cilantro is a natural chelator, the problem is that in its normal environment, it will sequester mercury. So when you actually do an analysis on cilantro products, you will actually find a higher level of mercury in most of them because of the quality of the product is not there because it's naturally, that's what it's designed to do. It naturally binds to the mercury anyway. So if you're using cilantro uh, for chelation or for the process of chelating or binding to these metals to remove them out of your body, specifically mercury, make sure that you get a very highly rated brand, something that has independent third-party analysis done to see the quality of it because unless it's controlled in a controlled environment, if it's not grown in a controlled environment, it will have mercury. And that doesn't mean it's contaminated. It just means that that's what it normally does and that's what you're getting. So um, just be aware of that. But cilantro is a great – there's many other health benefits to cilantro. But any of those natural uh, vegetable bases that will end up helping to facilitate the removal of metals, be careful because if they're naturally in the – in the environment will naturally bind to these metals, then the propensity for them to bind to those metals being inherent within the, their own you know, morphological characteristics within these plants themselves, it's going to be harder for you to find a cleaner source of those yeah. unless they're grown in a controlled environment. All right. Well, great stuff here on Advanced Medicine Monday. Definitely some advanced medicine for you out there in the Robert Scott Bell Show audience. Thanks to Dr. Rittar. We're going to take a quick break here, come back with more of the Halloween edition, uh, more Halloween scares coming out of Fukushima. We're going to uh, add on to this so you'll know that all the things we've been saying, just double down and keep doing that good work because uh, it'll protect you and your kids. We'll be right back with more of that after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Scott Bell Show. Just a quick reminder for all the listeners to Robert Scott Bell Show. Tomorrow will be a very unique episode. I will be embedded with the Raw Milk Freedom Riders. I tell you what, this is going to be amazing. All those moms, those supercharged super mom warrior moms that are standing up against the federal behemoth, the FDA, in regards to the consumption, the transport of raw, real milk. Dr. Batar, isn't it amazing that it takes the moms to wake up? us all up and say my goodness the british are coming no it's the feds they're coming for our food well i believe that history will show that there has been no significant change ever that's been made until the public demands it it's never been an organization a political group it's never been a a special interest group it's never been you know the government 
It's always been when the public demands it. And mothers, they represent the core of the public anyway. Yeah, they do. And, and they're waking up the warrior dads, thank God. You know, a lot of this is related to the vaccine issue. But here's another one, you know, coming so close to home where the feds are actually making believe like they know what's better for our kids. And when they don't even know how to eat themselves. Well, it's, it's pretty pathetic, but that's, that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe, well, maybe they should be. Well, that's another story where I'm going. But that's a Halloween. It's Halloween here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Now, another Halloween uh, trick, which is not so nice, is uh, coming off of uh, medical news today. Fukushima radiation fallout bigger than officially reported. Now, remember what we've said here for a long time, that official stories are there to protect the officials. <laughs> and here's another case where they're having to come back and, you know, as they criticized me, they criticized Mike. And we've been saying from the beginning that this story is much bigger than they would admit. And it turns out, yes, indeed, two reports released this month, one focusing on the Marine, the other focusing on atmosphere, find that radiation fallout from the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant accident following the earthquake and tsunami in March, bigger than reported by the Japanese government and the electric power company. Now, this have you seen the pictures, the images of, like, what do they say, 60 million tons? I don't know, some ridiculous number floating across the Pacific, heading toward the Midway Islands, eventually to Hawaii, and eventually the west coast of North America. Now, on top of that, you add to the— 60 million tons of what, Robert? Debris from the, from oh. the tsunami. I mean, literally, they've shown pictures of this, the boat, the ships that are going back and forth. It's, they have to, like, steer around this stuff. It's like land, a land mass of debris. On top of the fact now that they're recognizing this radiation spill uh, much worse, as we've acknowledged here. And so we, we say, are all of the things we've talked about, you and I, Dr. Batar, about chelating and uh, uh, binding out the, you know, the radiation as well, uh, means that we can't rest on our laws and say, okay, well, I just had a little extra something, and I'm going to do it for a while. We've really got to stay very vigilant about these exposures. Well, who was the idiot on TV after this uh, occurred that said, well, a little bit of radiation is good for you? Remember that? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Coulter, Ann Coulter, that, yeah. that political pundit. Oh, my gosh, yeah, she was a wild one. But, but she was talking about, oh, I, she sort of read something about hormesis somewhere, but she didn't have a clue. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that um, when, when the government was out there talking about me, you didn't have to worry about what was going to happen uh, to the western seaboard. Well, I'll tell you. Forget the western seaboard. We, being on the eastern seaboard, there were videos that were actually on YouTube where people climbed on top of higher peaks in the Appalachian chain, going up maybe 4,000 feet Mm -hmm. in elevation with radiation counters. And I think it's, what, anything over 80 or 100, I believe, is considered to be uh, unsafe from a, for a sustained period and sustained meaning more than 24 hours or more than 48 hours. And this is live. I mean, it's a live 10 minute long video and they show the guy getting up there and he turns it on. They're, you know, it's clicking and it's measuring the radiation. And then when he's saying, well, I, I have a feeling we're going to get over 400, 500 and it hits four, 500 and goes up to 700 and 800. They finally, I think, stopped it at, at, at 1100. Wow. And yeah. the radiation, this is in North Carolina. After this uh, tsunami that happened with in Japan, and we were worried about what was going to happen to the West Coast. Well, if it's getting to the East Coast, guess what? The West Coast, you know, mountain region and the Midwest, it all got hit. If we're getting it all the way to the East Coast, yeah, which is why we have to do so so much to counteract this. It's not that nature doesn't provide ways to do so, but we're really pushing it uh, with what's happening here. The new assessment in this article, Dr. Batar, shows that the amount of cesium-137 that flowed into the Pacific after the disaster was probably 
uh, nearly 30 times the amount stated by Tokyo Electric Power Company. Uh, so now, I think you could probably take that times another 10. Yeah, you were reading my mind. Exactly. close, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, they, they also estimated the cesium-137 that flowed into the sea from the power plant. Uh, what they say, they're, they're measuring it. Um, it reached 27 peta or peta, 10 to the power of 15 Bay quarrels. I apologize. I don't know how to pronounce some of these things. Uh, but they also reported that 82% of this contamination had reached the sea by April 8th. One becquerel is one radioactive decay per second. So they're literally saying that the Pacific levels will soon reach uh, double what it was during the atmospheric nuclear tests of the 1960s. And that's going to that's gonna have an impact on every living thing on this planet yeah the cesium you're talking about a half-life of 30 years where the iodine they claim over just over a week uh so i mean this is not halloween happy news i realize that but it's those that listen to this kind of information are going to take the active uh, role that they can and should do to protect their children because as i said if we ramp up the levels of, of these things that can counteract this we can survive and get through it but it's not by just wishing it away or simply praying it away. We are asked to do something about it as well. Well, that's absolutely true. And as far as when we're talking about the impact of this radiation and that it's going to be in the atmosphere and that it's going to uh, basically affect every living organism on this planet for a long time to come, in what way will it impact us? Well, the most evident way would be an increase in carcinogenesis in oncogenesis, in the yeah. formation of cancer. And it's actually something that can be prevented because we have to reduce the oxidative stress in our systems. And this is, Robert, one of the things that I brought up, that the only way I mean, to deal with this radiation, the only way is to remove the substances that create this radiation, the uranium, the plutonium that needs to be taken out. And the same chelator that works for mercury, dimercaptopropanosulfonic, DMPS, is also highly, highly effective at pulling out besides mercury and arsenic, plutonium and uranium. In fact, that's why the Department of Defense, the Undersecretary of the Navy, the Department of Defense, when uh, I testified in front of Congress, met with me, and uh, there, was a, there was a lot of interest for the use of the transdermal DMPS for soldiers. Hmm. You know, it's fascinating that they, they would acknowledge this. Uh, and, and now there was another story I covered yesterday, Dr. Bittar. They, they actually in the, it, it, they put $6 million up for some nutritional research that they acknowledge that, you know, as they're trying to get super soldiers, that mm-hmm. they might should look at nutrition. <laughs> we could have done that for a fraction. We could have told them that for free. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, that's – Hey, you know, it's speaking of the paper to print it on. Yeah, it's speaking of the military. Did you see this graphic of all, of the, all the contributions from active and retired military uh, service personnel in terms of who's who are they supporting for president? Yeah, I actually hadn't seen it till you till you sent me that email. Um, it was it, it's not surprising at all, but um, it's amazing. And uh, and again, is the traditional media covering this? Of course, they're not. No, I mean they they have made mention of it, but they kind of brush it off. And and with- they, they mentioned that they mentioned that the military is more than uh, almost doubled the support from Obama. Uh, to Ron Paul, they, they mentioned that actually in the traditional media. Yeah, well, they mostly try to reference it in terms of the Republicans. They don't try, they don't try to mention Obama's support there. But Obama gets more military contributions than all of the Republicans. I don't know if combined, but 
uh, you know, Ron Paul right now, this was as of January 1st through September 30th. And, you know, they like to say, you've heard these Republicans attack Ron Paul to say, oh, he's he's wants to be an isolationist. He wants to take us away from protecting and cut military defense spending, they said. But he says, listen, I'm not about cutting defense. I'm cutting militarism. Let's bring our troops home and defend our borders. And, you know, and just legitimately say that's what the military is for. Defend us, not to become the attacking policemen and nation builders of the world. Or the bullies of the world. Yeah. And, and so the military people, they get it. They're, I mean, you know, they're, they're, the chicken hawks, I call them, like Gingrich, who talks a good game and say we should attack everywhere. We should go after Iran now. And, and you know, what does he get? 1, Why does he go after Iran? Let's yeah. see how much... How much he's, he's willing to bleed himself. Yeah, well, that's it. The chicken hawks, that's why they're called. They speak a good game, but when it comes to them or their kids, they don't want to have anything to do with it. And, you know, here's a case of someone who understands a legitimate role for the military as a defensive mechanism for the country. That's a, a constitutional uh, responsibility. You were in the military. You understand that. And it seems like the military people understand it. They get past the rhetoric and, and the neoconservative line or even the neoconservative Obama and his, uh, you know, attempts at attacking him, sending troops in the middle of Africa, Uganda now. Well, you know, the whole purpose of a military, the whole purpose of being strong, the whole purpose of, of learning how to fight and being strong, what is the purpose? The purpose is so that your opponent doesn't want to engage. Yes. That's the entire purpose of being strong is to ensure peace, not to go out and pick fights. And that's exactly what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Well, and the strongest thing, as you learn in the martial arts, is to not use your ability to cause harm. You're trained to do so, but to do so is, a, is an admission of failure that you could not defuse a situation without violence. Without, that's, without a doubt, that's accurate. Yeah, so I find that fascinating because he is the peace candidate, the one guy who would actually do what he says and pull our troops home to be legitimate constitutional defensive uh, mechanism as opposed to being what they are today. So I had to bring that up because the you know the old media, even though they've mentioned it, they tend to forget it. And certainly, as these these you know hardcore neoconservative chicken hawks that say Ron Paul's soft on defense, he's not. If anything, opposite is so as he's raised more than double all the Republican candidates combined from military personnel and certainly unlike all his uh i can't even call him peers because none of them are his peer group um you know you said soft he's soft in the military they're soft in their head if they're saying <laughs> that being pro defense and bringing your military home to protect your borders is being soft in the military it's not being soft it's being it's being smart because that's what we—that's what we have a military for. Sure, and of course, to protect ourselves. Being bankrupt and unable to pay for your military—that's the stupidest thing ever. And they don't recognize that you can't pay for the military to be in 150 countries around the world and how many 900 bases. I mean, you—you'll have no defense then. But they don't get that. And of course, then the military that is out there deployed is given inferior equipment, is given no resources, and is treated as a second or third class citizen. Um, that that on top of it is uh, adding insult to injury. Exactly. Well, listen, let's take a quick break here. We are all over the place with Halloween on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Check out all the links at robertscottbell.com to Dr. Rashid Bittar, a wonderful uh, uh, you know, part of this every week of elevating the discussion, doing some amazing advanced medicine for uh, basically the empowerment of all the people who listen to this message around planet Earth. And there are a lot, and it's growing. Tell your friends. This is the place to come for healing in media. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Rasha Bittar after this.
rock in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. You know, it's hard to get get an hour uh, out here on the Robert Scott Bell Show without at least mentioning Ron Paul once because of what he stands for and what we'd like to see restored here. But one of the things, Dr. Batar, in addition to having a, a much better perspective on the military and defense, he actually has a bill in Congress that is like the Raw Milk Freedom Protection Act. In other words, he would legalize raw milk, the interstate transport of milk. Imagine our founders thinking, yeah, one day we, we, we established the Constitution, we ordain it, whatever, so that one day the people of America would be protected from raw milk. You know, the absurdity of it is when you, when you put it in that context, it takes even the most diehard person that would be pro pasteurization and blah, 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 milk, doing whatever you do to milk. When you put it that way, even they would be embarrassed to open their mouth because they know how stupid that is. They, yeah, they definitely should be. I mean, and this is it, rawmilkfreedomriders.com. It shows the map of what's going on. And, you know, these, these ladies, these moms, I mean, literally, they are just up in arms saying, we cannot let this keep going. And so they, they've actually told the FDA, they've written letters and called and emailed and said, listen, we're going up to Pennsylvania. We're going to a farmer. We're going to get some raw milk. We're going to transport it across state lines back into America. And we're bringing it to you at the FDA, and we're going to drink it. And if you guys want to come out and drink it with us, you're welcome. I mean, they're literally putting their freedom at risk because technically, if the FDA wants, they might, they could arrest these women. Yeah, but the key is going to be that how are you going to arrest? Well, I don't know how many women are going to be there, and I hope there's a couple of thousand because it would be a total embarrassment for the FDA to try to go out there and do that. I think that would be probably – it would be probably the icing on the cake that would show how absurd the FDA's actions have been and by culminating in arresting a bunch of mothers, 1,000, 2,000 mothers, for transporting raw milk across state lines and then consuming it. Robert, let me tell you, I have been looking for a dairy cow mm-hmm. myself just so I can have a cow on my own farm so I can drink milk. Yeah. Well, because it's nothing as good as raw milk. No, no, nothing. I mean, this is the way it's been consumed forever, basically. And, you know, this is an amazing thing. I almost hope that they will. I don't want them because, I, I mean, these women are just heroes to me, and I'll be there embedded and covering this story right from the event. Uh, but, I mean, if they did, if the FDA did, it would it would probably uh, signal their death knell. They're so desperate now that they're willing to do that. The people will rise up. I mean, that's one of those things that you're like, you know, all bets are off if they go there. Now, I'm, I'm predicting, and I, I may be right, I don't know, that they're going to try and ignore this event with all their might because this coverage will only bring embarrassment to them. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think that if they were to give it any attention, then they would have to take action. And if they take action... As you said, it would be sounding their own death uh, toll. Yeah, this is it. Farmfoodfreedom.org is also brought, uh, helping to sponsor this. And on the uh, rawmilkfreedomriders.com webpage, we're going to have audio links up to the show tomorrow because it'll be an extended Robert Scott Bell show. Uh, with whenever this thing starts, we might be going three or four hours tomorrow live. And uh, it's an astonishing opportunity for all of us to see, stay connected to what's happening right there. And there's also a place where you can donate if you'd like to support this event and the people behind it. Nobody's making profitable, you know, big-time money. This is literally to raise money to help uh, this event become successful and, and to gain nutritional awareness and nutritional freedom here in America again. I think it's a fantastic uh, organization from the little bit that I know about it. And uh, I'm actually going to have my... Uh, special projects manager tomorrow send this out to our entire list so that people know about uh, about this organization yeah that'll be great like i said a very big event tomorrow uh covering live embedded reporting i don't know if they're going to come after me for doing this dr batar but uh, i gotta be there to do this 
Well, I think that would be that would be even more foolishness for them to do that. I mean, now not only do you you know that would be like adding further insult to injury by coming after somebody who's only uh, exercising the First Amendment. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like I said, their their attack on raw milk, their attack on the moms, their attack on the First Amendment on reporting. I don't know. This is one. It's going to be a fascinating thing. I think it's going to be a historic day, though. Uh, for the movement uh, to to roll back the basic bloated bureaucracy that is literally suffocating the lifeblood out of the liberty of America. Well, if you think about it, Robert, I mean the entire essence of what's being represented here it's it's the fundamental freedom of whatever our forefathers had envisioned for us. And if you think that it's you know what was the name of the guy that did the uh, adult magazine. Um, what was it? Um, Which one? Penthouse. Oh, uh, uh, Guccione. No. Or are you thinking Larry Flint? Because they made Larry a big movie Flint, about right. him. Uh, I remember, uh, I forget if I remember the name, but Woody Harrelson played in it. Right, right. That movie. It was a, it was a great movie, actually. It showed a lot of interesting components as to what the fight was all about. But, you know, that guy stood up. And that, obviously, you know, you compare pornography to covering uh, an event like this and right of the, you know having the ability to do so under the first amendment well if pornography is legal then why is it not legal why is it not possible why is it not right for somebody to report this stuff or for a doctor to speak out and say the truth because you know that doctors are not covered by the first amendment a doctor can't say something like you could say that chelation is beneficial if i say chelation is beneficial mm-hmm. um they have the ground they have the right to come and remove my license the grounds on which to actually remove a physician's license which they've tried to do before sure no it is amazing you know, like i said the first amendment like comes back as we come full circle today on the robert scott bell show when we talked about mike adams uh, courageous and in, 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 in proper use of the first amendment to expose uh, wrongdoing and we don't need a federal bureaucracy to do that. A free press would do that. And, and here's evidence that it happens. Within 24 hours of discovery, a free press would cover it, not the corporate media, pharmaceutically owned and controlled press. That is not a free press. That's why we call it the old media. Where you're coming for your information now is where you should. Right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, especially every week when we do our Advanced Medicine Monday Medical Rewind segments with Dr. Rashid Batar. Well, Robert, I appreciate it. As always, being here. And I look forward to riding riding this uh, horse many more times. All right. We got lots more to do, lots more healing to go. And tomorrow, remember, uh, the Raw Milk Freedom Ride. We are going to be there. I hope you'll be tuning in. Tell your friends about it. In the meantime, thanks, Dr. Patar. Thanks to everybody who was on board today on the Robert Scott Bell Show. I remind you this, that the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. 